Hello and welcome to RealCom's masterclass series titled Cyber Workshop and Incident Response Planning. These will be a simulated tabletop exercise. I'm Chuck Nicewanger, your RealCom host for today's webinar. This is the technology perspective. This session's discussion centers around the informational and operational technologies and the initial responses that would be common and expected during an actual cybersecurity breach. Next week, we'll focus on the business perspective. But before we get started, let me go over a few housekeeping items to help you have a great webinar experience. I do want to thank the live attendees. Today's webinar is very different format from previous RealCom sessions and that our panelists will simulate this actual tabletop exercise designed to test the company's existing incident response plan, identify weaknesses and assess areas that need improvement. You're welcome to enter questions and comments in the question section of the control panel. We may end up getting to those at the end, uh, but if not, we'll, we'll follow up with you after the session is over, but feel free to make comments and add questions along the way. In the handout section, you will find some more detailed bios of our panelists, and uh, uh, there won't be a detailed slide section because it really is mostly uh, this uh, setup component. So. Uh, there's no need for that. But uh, for the best webinar experience, we do recommend closing out other internet applications, especially streaming videos. And I do re recommend paying attention, even taking notes, because as they say in the business sometimes, there will be a test. And this will be when, not if, you have your own cybersecurity breach. So if you are experiencing any technical issues, though, with connectivity, sound, or video quality, the best thing to do is disconnect and click on the webinar link again. You can also email Ian Thompson at ithompson, that's I-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N, at realcom.com during the event, but don't worry, you won't miss anything since you'll receive a link to the webinar recording later today. And on this slide, you'll see my email there in case you're viewing this as a recording and you think of questions or comments that you'd like to share with this group. This educational webinar is supported by Realcom's outstanding and loyal sponsors. 5Q is a they're commercial real estate and technology experts. 5Q understands the intricacies and inner workings of commercial real estate's legacy technology systems, and they provide technology and cybersecurity management in all commercial real estate sectors. Michael Baker International, with more than 3,000 engineers, architects, planners, and experts across nearly 100 offices in the U.S., Michael Baker is a leading provider of engineering consulting services, delivering innovative solutions to complex infrastructure challenges. Don't, uh, don't be afraid to call either of these two, two vendors. We are featuring them and we're very thankful for them for their contributions to our industry, to Realcom and to helping us educate our viewers in sessions just like these. So um, um, before we go too far, I think, Ian, I would like to go ahead and run the, uh, the, the polls. So in this first poll, you'll get a chance to give us an idea of your role in the company. So uh, it won't take long. Uh, so hopefully that we've covered just about most of the areas of people that we expect to see on the call. And so since there's nearly 50 of you, I think that's a good sample size. So we're excited to, to see that. So. I'll give you just another second to, to fill that one out, and then we're gonna review the results after I bring on uh, the rest of the group. All right, thank you, Ian. I want one more. We want to see, has your company 
successfully conducted a cybersecurity incident tabletop exercise. We're not just talking about any tabletop, but definitely in the cybersecurity area, because that's what we're going to be doing today. So uh, if you know, uh, it'd be great to get a, a sample of uh, where you've had that experience and maybe how we might be able to help you. So this should be, um, you know, it should give us a good, good idea of, uh, of how to adjust the webinar if we need to. All right, very good. Let me introduce our, all the members of our cast. First of all, our facilitator is Don Goldstein. He's the CEO of 5Q Cyber. Welcome, Don. We'll get Don to turn his mic on. And Thank you. Okay, I can hear you. You sound great. All right, our CEO is Jay Marling. He's, he's the, he is the CEO and managing principal and founder at CapRite. Welcome, Jay. All right, let me hear your voice. There we go. That's good. All right. Our CIO, and who will eventually become our breach leader uh, at some point in this exercise, is Susan Jarrett. She's uh, Senior Vice President, IT and CIO at Elm Communities. Welcome, Susan. Good afternoon. Good morning. All right. Good to see you. Our CFO for this session, he'll also serve as our legal expert, is Howard Barish. He's principal at HB Solutions. Welcome, Howard. How you doing? <clears throat> there you are. Oh, okay, very good. All right, we have our IT director. That's Grant Rickoff. He's principal virtual CEO at GNR Consulting. Welcome, Grant. Thank you. All right, good. Our managed service provider playing that role is Jeff Ewing. He's VP of Security Operations at 5Q. Howdy, everyone. Well, welcome. And our building management system cyber business partner is Fred Gordy's director OT risk assessment at Michael Baker International. Fred. Thank you. Glad to be here. All right. One more. We've got our property engineer. That's James Roberts. He's a technical specialist also at Michael Baker. Let's see. Can we see James? There's a lag. Good day, everyone. I, I see your logo. I don't see you, you James. Here's an hourglass we're waiting on here. All right, we're going to give that some time to, to come on. And uh, let me uh, provide a little bit of context for our now nearly 60 live attendees. The targeted company profile here is Utopia Investment Management. That's our default company. They, we are saying they are a registered investment advisory company with about two and a half billion dollars in assets. Their portfolio includes industrial, retail, office, and mixed-use campuses. And one in particular is a five-building campus in Atlanta, Georgia, with professional offices, medical offices, and some retail tenants in the lower floors of the two buildings on the campus that are open to public. So public, trans public groups can come and go. Um, they have an incident response plan. It has been developed, but has not been reviewed in the last 18 months, and it has not been thoroughly tested until now. Uh, this is just a reminder to our audience. This is the information and operational technology perspective that introduces the cybersecurity breach. There will be a sort of a cliffhanger at the end of this session, and then we'll pick that up during next week's webinar when the exact cause and cybersecurity breach is revealed to the, the rest of the group. And next week's session will focus on really the senior executives and the business perspective. So uh, 
Don, I'm going to turn this over to you so you can let the audience know a little bit more about your role as a facilitator, and then you're welcome to get the session started. And I'll see you towards the end. Great. Thank you, Chuck. And I also want to thank Realcom for putting on this uh, webinar, these, these two webinars this week and next week, uh, focused on um, what can happen and often, unfortunately, does happen in our space. So these, this scenario that we're going to talk about is, is, is based on real life events, although this is not reflective of a specific um, incident that occurred. Uh, we just wanted to be able to demonstrate to everyone um, kind of a far reaching potential issue that can occur and how it plays out. But understand that in this limited time frame we have, of about an hour and a half, um, we will be having to compress the time frame um, for the purposes of uh, this exercise. Don, one thing I, before you jump into it, I, yeah. I almost forgot. We should look at the results of the poll. Yes, let's I was do gonna, that. I was going to ask about that when I got yeah, to yeah, yeah, go right yeah. ahead. I almost, I almost skipped over it, but I thought, no, let's take a quick look. We have a great mix here. 30% um, ex executive and some in the area of IT data. This is a great session for you guys. I, I, I can't tell you how cool this is going to be. Uh, and, and I think you're going to all benefit from it. Let's, let's see the next one. And there you go. Good. Uh, nearly 50% have actually conducted one. Uh, this, this session is for all of you because even if you've conducted one, there's always ways to improve it. And so that's what this is designed to do. So uh, Don, any comments about that before I flip back off? No, I think this is, this is terrific. This is the kind of mix we were actually hoping for, um, a mix of executives and IT leaders, um, as well as a sprinkling of other folks. And just the fact that we have kind of half, having been through an exercise, half either not having been through one or not knowing whether they've been through one, which means they probably haven't themselves, yes. but maybe the company has. Um, so, so it's really, it, this is gonna be, I think, great for everyone, whether you've been through it or not. And I would just add next week, a week from today, the, 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 the focus is really on the executive suite, how they're handling this exercise as the breach unfolds. So tell your friends, uh, for all of you, if they wanna see this really happen, this is a good scenario and I think you'll enjoy it. All right, let me get out of your way and you can begin whenever Perfect. you're ready. Thank you, Chuck. And so um, just one more, one more point I'd make on that is that um, there, there is some continuity, as you'll notice, between this week's webinar and next week's webinar. So whether you're on the executive side, on the business side, or on the IT side, on the vendor side for that matter, um, being on next week's webinar will help because you'll kind of hear both sides of this um what the iot and ot focuses on today's webinar and then next week how um the executive team and people associated with the executive team are responding to the incident my role here as facilitator is to make sure that i'm setting the stage for each of these scenarios what generally will happen in a tabletop and for that matter in a real incident is you will have time-stamped um, events over the course of a period of time. It could be a couple days, a week, 
and even longer than that, depending on what the impacts of the incident are. In this case, because we're really compressing this into um, now about an hour uh, for you, we're going to, I'm going to tell you at what time of day, which day, day one or other day in this um, incident we are, we are at. So you can kind of keep track of what is evolving because what you know in the beginning, the middle and the end are very different when in, in a real life situation. Uh, over the course of the tabletop, I will be injecting new information as uh, the timeline changes. Um, and I will talk about the changes in the scenario to let the participants come in and start to talk about what they know at that time and what actions they are taking. Um, so I'm going to get started, but but really, again, I want to thank Chuck for pulling all this together. We And the team who's on this call, we spent many sessions together to prepare for this, but that doesn't mean um, that this is fully scripted. It isn't. So you will hear um, some off script comments, I'm sure, as this progresses, as it would for any normal tabletop. Okay, so you know what the company is. Um, it, it, it does have uh, a portfolio of assets under management that is a mix of, in, of, of industry types within commercial real estate. Um, the company is headquartered in Atlanta. It is eight o'clock in the morning and it is August 16th and the temperature is forecasted to reach 96 degrees um, with a lot of sun, maybe some humidity. The CFO gets an email, actually a call. I'm sorry, it's a call. The CFO will get a call from their main financial institution and their person at the bank is reporting to the CFO that they have two complaints from high net worth investors stating that their personal information has been shared in a suspected email requesting sizable transfers from their accounts to a newly established bank account that's already been flagged and with some suspected illegal activity. The financial institution has also received email requests and has forwarded those requests back to the CFO for review. And the CFO checks his inbox, but does not see these emails that the banking institution was talking about. And with that, I'd like to bring in our CFO, Howard, um, and he will talk to us about what just happened on that phone call and what actions he is now taking. Go ahead, Howard. Thanks, Don. Uh, so I just got off the phone. I don't get it. I got a call from the bank telling us that I requested two calls for capital, millions of dollars from investors. I never did that. And they're telling me I sent it in an email and I never sent it. It's not my sent log. They're telling me they forwarded it back to me. I didn't get anything back from the bank. So I finally had them screenshot it and text it to me. And sure enough, there's an email, but I didn't send it. Um, I, this is making me crazy because I remember reading in the journal this happening about a year ago. And the, the fund involved lost so much confidence from their investors. They had a, a run of millions of dollars. We can't afford this. I, I really need to call Grant. 
and, and get him on the phone and see what's going on. Grant? Hey, Grant, how you doing? Good, Howard. What can I do for you? Um, I just got a crazy call from our bank, and they're telling me I sent them an email requesting two of our investors provide us millions of dollars in capital as a call for capital. It had their bank account numbers in it. It had their routing numbers in it. It had their personal information. Um, and it gave a bank account number to transfer it into. It's not our bank account. Um, the good news is the bank already had that on their fraud list. Um, so they didn't actually execute the transfer, but they called me up and asked me if I sent the email, which I clearly didn't. And I don't even have anything in my sent log. So somehow it got out of here. They said they forwarded back to me to question it. I didn't get it. Um, I didn't send it. I didn't get it. So finally, I had them take a picture of, of what they had and, and text it to my phone. So you see the, the email, sure enough, bank, you know, the bank authorization manager sent it back. That's the email he sent back to me. And then um, the other one is the one that I supposedly sent. I mean, look in there. They got routing numbers. They got account numbers. They got names. Wow. Um, you know, first of all, is our email hacked? Second of all, um, do we have some sort of cyber problem? Because once once our investors' information gets out in the world and we leaked it, we got a whole host of problems. So yeah, I need I you to drop everything and get on this. All right, I got it. Let me let me take a look at this email really quick. It's I mean, it's a pretty common scam. Uh, but it's an uncommon level of sophistication here. Uh, we can definitely look in, in the archive. Anything that's gone, flown, uh, gone in and out of our email system should be archived as well, even if they got in and deleted your sent and deleted from deleted, et cetera. But I mean, the obvious thing is usually the from, it says your name, but the email address is inaccurate. Me? Usually they drop an E off of Utopia, spell it differently. You can. Those are obvious ones. Those are those are pretty easy. But this is next level, especially with the routing and account numbers. A lot of times they'll just come in and say, "Hey, call me. You know, we need to do a transfer." Yeah. And uh, and they'll get you on the phone and do all this. This is this is next level. We'll definitely have to look into the into this. Yeah, I mean, that's my email signature. That's my correct email address. Yeah. And Aside from the company logo, it looks exactly like your emails I get from you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll, so we'll look in the logs. Uh, we can look at that. What I'd suggest is you def definitely change your password. We don't know if it was a breach of our system yet, or if you're being spoofed in some not normal way. But we always recommend changing your password immediately. Uh, well, just right away. say again. I said I'll certainly do that right away. Um, and then I'll, you know, hopefully you can get back to me pretty quickly and let me know what happened here and what other you know what else do we need to do or yeah you know do we have any risk in, in access to any of our systems our crm system our investor relations our accounting system i mean the information's all over the place yeah i'll have to reach out to uh our investor to see if i can get a little more information on the email they received and get the header record uh that usually can tell us a little bit more about where it originated from but i'll, I'll get back to you and let you know
Great. And in the meantime, I'm just going to call Jay and, and bring him up to speed so he's not blindsided by any of this. Sounds good. Let him know if it is our top priority, please. Sounds good. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Hello, Jay. Hey, Howard, what's up? How you doing? So I just got to get you in the loop on this. Um, just an FYI for now, because we're investigating. But I got off the phone with the bank this morning, and they told me I sent them an email requesting um, two of our high net worth investors, you know, that I called capital in, in the amount of millions of dollars. And it had their bank account information. It had their, a fraudulent, uh, you know, account and routing number to wire it into. Uh, I never sent it. It's not my sent log. It didn't even come from my computer. It didn't come from my Outlook. Um, but they certainly had an email and they tried to forward it back to me and I couldn't get it. They didn't get back to me. You're saying, is this coming from like a, is this a typical spoofed email where they well, pretend to be you? I, I, I already got on the phone with Grant and he and I both agreed it, it looks real. Um, but it didn't come from me and they couldn't even send it back to me. I finally had to have them take a picture of it and text it to me. So clearly something's going on with the email. Um, we don't, was it a real account number and routing number for, yeah, every, everything was real. The only thing that was, um, potentially not real is that, uh, the, the two account, the one they want us to wire into. Uh, it's something the bank thankfully already had on their fraud list. So they weren't doing anything without actually speaking to me, which they did. And we, you know, so we didn't lose any money. Investors didn't lose any money, but we don't know what happened to their information. So I asked so, Grant to drop everything. It sounds down. to me, Howard, like someone got a hold of a routing and account number. And and so they could have gotten that, I guess, through our or through our records, or they could have gotten that through the bank's records. Um, you know, that, that's those seem like the only two. Or I guess it could have could have been from the investors' records too. I mean, there I guess there are three possibilities here. Um, yeah, the only for, thing for where, for where that information came from. But it's what's distressing is that it seems like they're spoofing you. Uh, I don't I don't know. I mean, um, so so what? Uh, I mean, this sounds like it. It's potentially serious. I hope it's something that's just like a spoof that we can address, like like thousands of them that happen every day. But um, you know, I think it's something we definitely need to look into, particularly because it includes account numbers and routing numbers for for our um, investors. How many investors do we have this two? Oh, two. This happened to two. Yeah. And um, again, it seems like it came somewhere from in our house because I can't send and receive email right now. So Grant had me change my password. I'll do that as soon as we hang up. Um, but we he's also sort of clearing the decks and diving into this to see how how it happened, what he's going to go back through logs and see if it actually came off our servers or someone's inner servers or, you know, we, we just don't know. And that's, I started him on the so you're going to get with the team uh, in loop, Susan, and then you want to come back this afternoon and maybe maybe give me an update of an update. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So okay. I just wanted you to know. I didn't want you to get blindsided, but we're on it. All right. Thank you for letting me know. I'll let you get to it. All right. Thanks.
Hey, Howard, we didn't see anything suspicious in your in your logs on your uh in your logging weird logins from different places um there was nothing in the archive from your so it is weird that emails are getting blocked i mean i think uh i'm gonna need to reach out to our msp jeff is my contact See what other tools we have. The biggest concern is the ballot. I'm not sure how those would have been gotten. So we're going to have to search our file server and determine if you know we we have them open on our file server somewhere and we got we got breached and stolen. Yeah, I, you know, let's let's just don't let this go and no. don't let anything else derail you. I mean, this is a serious problem. Both definitely. Um, We'll leave no stone unturned, and uh, let me get let me get with Jeff and the MSP and see where we can progress from here. All right, please let me know as soon as you know something, and let's make you know let's set up checkpoints throughout the day and make sure we're on this. All right, sounds good. Thanks. Thanks. Hey Jeff, how's it going, buddy? Oh, I can't hear you. I'm doing good. How are things in your world? Well, I wish I could say they were better. Um, we have kind of a critical issue going on. Financial uh, investors, they got some uh, an email from Howard, our CFO, and asking them to transfer accounts. The accounts are valid, so that's one issue. Uh, the bank wasn't able to forward these messages to him. They flagged it as an unusual account, so luckily it didn't go through. But he's not able to receive those emails. I looked in the logs that we have. Uh, it didn't look like anything was suspicious, like nobody logged in as him at any unusual hour and, and sent this, okay. at least not at the times it was coordinated with the email. Uh, I did send a message out to the investor IT group. Haven't heard back from them to try to get the header records. Uh, okay. I, guess, I guess I could do the same with the bank uh, from what they received. Um, but I'm kind of wondering what else. What else, where else should we be looking? What else can we do? Yeah, uh, well, right now, as we're on the phone here, uh, this sounds like there could have been a forwarding rule set up somehow in this account. So let me look on the back end here. Okay. Um, no, right now, I don't see any forwarding rules in his account, but we can go back through the logs and see if there ever was one. I also want to go check your uh, DCAM, DMARC, and your other DNS settings because that's you know, it sounds like there was a spoof of the company domain. That was where it would happen if those aren't protected correctly. Um, and I'll get our team searching through the logs. Unfortunately, it's going to take a little while because I don't know if you remember, but y'all didn't buy the SIM that we talked about. Uh, it wasn't in the budget this year. But so we're going to be doing this manually, but I'll pull a couple of resources off and we'll go do this. And I'll call you back in a couple of hours. And if you get that header information, send it over to me right away. Awesome. I appreciate it. Um, I haven't changed his password. Anything else we should do immediately? I think he was saying he was, wasn't able he to send not. us. Yeah, he would definitely want to change his password, uh, but I've changed all of his passwords on everything, um, not just that one. It sounds like his account could have been compromised at some point. Uh, we need to, uh, um, we'll look through other, just other potential things out there that were, if you, if someone did change something, internally or got access to them, there's got to be a sign of malware or some other application of, 
a bad acting program somewhere that we can look for. So we'll start that process as well. But you said this was, it was, uh, they got a hold of your investors' account information or banking information? Yeah, so we we're going to start a scan on our file server to see, you know, where where that's even located. Maybe it was put someplace we weren't aware of and they got access to that. But most, most of our, uh, you know, root directories are pretty secure by, you know, people who only need access to those, that particular data. Yeah, understood. All right, well, give me two hours and uh, I'll get right back with you. All right, thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. Thanks, folks. Okay, so it is now 11.30 in the morning and there's a new issue beginning, not related seemingly to this issue. The property management office in building three of the five building campus, and remember this is where there's some lower level retail, medical offices, um, the, uh, they're getting a large number of uh, hot calls uh, to the property management office. So the building engineer has been alerted to the problem. Um, they've tried to reset the thermostat, see if that helped. It doesn't help. Um, as I indicated earlier, uh, the high today is going to be 96, and it's already in the 90s. Uh, the building engineer happened to be at a different building on the campus and has just arrived um, to building three to check out the situation there. So we're going to bring on the building engineer in this case, um, that's going to be James. Hey guys. <clears throat> Been having some uh, problems with the central plant starting around eight o'clock this morning. I got uh, Fred Gordy here on the phone. He's uh, my BMS vendor. Fred, can you, uh, what have you found out since uh, you've uh, mobilized your guys over to the site today? Well, let me, let's take a step back a little bit. Um, so tell me what's been going on what what was your first indicator that's that that you had a problem and do you have any idea of um uh, so we'll back up to start with when we first arrived this morning around 6 a.m we noticed yeah. that the plant was offline so that's that's really where we've been focusing our attention all day but mm -hmm. i had some of my my guys go up try to check the the pms computer in the front end but we're having a problem being able to log into the system so for some reason, you know, the, the, the problem is, is, is looks like it's based, you know, around the whole the whole system. Yeah. So, I mean, you're not able to, the, the head in is just locked up. You can't get in there. You can't log into it or do anything. So my guys so are first, in. At first, he tried to log in, but it wouldn't take his credentials. So I had him reboot the machine. But when it came back, it, it it's not booting properly. Okay. So I think we just have a you know a bad computer, but but the fact that this the system's offline is kind of puzzling me because the system's supposed to run, you know, function without the front end being around. Right. You know, so that that's really troubling me. So for so, whatever's going on with the systems seem to have leaked out, you know, downstream into the devices. Yeah, the feedback I'm getting is the at least on the sample set of those some of the guys have done is they're not even able to directly connect into the controllers and so they therefore can't get into them to run them by manually so it sounds like what we need to do 
is maybe first off is bring you a new machine down and um, get you to give us a backup so that we could re at least reinstall your backup. You do have one, right? Um, you guys have the backups, right? No, we that was part of our, you know, when we were talking about doing our service agreement with you guys, we could have done that, but the only the only copy that we got is the one that we did on at final checkout when we handed the keys, sort of speak, to the system over to you. So if you well, don't we have, have a, one. I know there's a backup. I saw one in my drawer, but the scary part about that is it's a CD-ROM, and uh, this computer doesn't even have a CD-ROM. And the one I can bring you doesn't have a CD-ROM. So how, uh, how soon can you get your guys down here? Because we're it's it's almost... 80 and it's good it's going to be 90 degrees later today and we are we probably lost the building for the day well let me just throw this out here because it's you know something to be thinking about i mean we can get down there and get get working on it but you got a couple of hundred controllers down there and uh we need to start thinking about some alternate cooling that's something that we can provide you know some of the portable machines or if you guys want to go out and find and rent it i mean we don't have a ton of them here at our site that we could even bring you. So before I get down well, the there, the problem is, is this is a chump plant and it's a secondary water loop system. So we can't really run it in hand. I mean, we can, but yeah. we can't modulate the pump speeds or anything. So this is really getting out of control. Okay. Well, let's do this. First things first is I'm going to get get a machine, get down there as soon as I can. Uh, I've got the original configurations that we did way back in the beginning. If we can get that other backup somehow we'll do it but otherwise we're going to have to start from ground zero so i'll be down there as quick as i can be and it's probably going to be like an hour all right we'll see all right thank you gentlemen so um now we're going to shift back to it um because uh grant was just notified about the issue at the property at Building Three, um, that that has been conveyed to him, and at this point, he's not understanding exactly what's happening there. It sounds like the BMS team um, and and the building engineer are on that, but uh, but now um, Grant is going to reach out to Susan and update her as CIO regarding what's been happening so far this morning. Hey, Susan, how's it going? Hey, Grant and Dylan, okay, what's up? Well, a few things I, I need to give you uh, a heads up on and maybe get your opinion or direction. Uh, first, Howard called this morning. He had an email that looked like it was sent from him to a couple of our investors. You know, from what we can tell right now, um, they were requesting fund transfers with valid accounts. Uh, any of the information that we have from the email, the header information that came back from the uh, investor group didn't show anything really too revealing. Uh, so we're trying to look at, uh, I'm working with MSP and we're trying to look at how this could have been generated. Um, but that's super critical. And then uh, I just got off the phone with the building, with the uh, property manager in from our Atlanta building and they're having critical issues with their heating system. AC system, a bunch of tenants are calling and complaining that it's too hot. Uh, anything that they're doing, they can't turn down the stats. So they're working with their uh, partner, but it's a couple 
couple big hit things going on right now. Wow, well, the, with the building in Atlanta, do they think it's an IT problem? Why did they call us? Uh, I'm not sure. I think they wanted to give us a heads up in case uh, there was a breach and somebody was, you know, maybe fiddling with it that they couldn't tell. But at this point, there hasn't been uh, on-site inspection, so they don't, they can't tell where and how that might have been coming in. We were going to look at the uh, access logs and look at the, you know, make sure that the passwords have been changed for those administrative accounts. You know, that's often a way that uh, people slip in. They forget to change those administrative accounts. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, we'll leave them to it until we hear more. I'm more worried about Howard's situation. What have you done so far? You know, we reviewed the logins, the, uh, his email account in the archive. Uh, everything gets logged, you know, when it comes in or out, um, or whether it's deleted or not. So we look there, we had him change his password. Um, you know, we're starting, we're still running the scan on the file server to figure out where these accounts might have been exposed. Right now they're, as far as we know, they're in locked files, locked folders on our file server. Um, yeah, and then I, I called MSP and they're, they're running some scans and doing some additional investigation as well. We had talked about, you know, we Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. When do you think they're going to get back to us? I mean, this is, you know, I know that Jay's going to be breathing down my neck about this. Yeah, they said a couple hours, so I'll follow up with him. Um, you know, the fortunate thing is that the bank did flag it. I forgot to tell you that, uh, and no transfer went. Um, so from a financial perspective, we're okay, but not not really with our with our investors. They're not too happy that that this happened. So we definitely are going to work on getting to the bottom of it. You know, the other thing we had talked about a while back is implementing two-factor authentication. But, you know, when everybody complained about just going to complex passwords or incre increasing the complexity, we held off. But now I'm thinking at least for, at least for our high target executives for these types of things, we should probably continue and roll that out. Yeah, maybe Jay will finally you know, give us the money to do it now that it's become really real. You know, one thing that I was thinking about, uh, does Howard still have his laptop? Maybe we should pull it off the network and air gap it just to make sure if they're still on his laptop. I mean, they, they could be much further in the system, but that's something we should probably do if you haven't already done it. Yeah, we, we had not done that. He was having problems. Uh, sending and receiving emails so we'll we'll go over there and take it off and investigate that issue as well yeah if you have a loaner give him a loaner you know, so that he yeah. can keep working um how are you tracking everything that we know so far i'm just thinking you know if this does end up being an incident and we have to go to cyber insurance they're going to want a really detailed list of everything that we know and when we found out and all those details, as well as um, if we you know, have to get the lawyers involved too. Yeah, so everything right now is in our ticketing system. So after he called me, I, I entered it into our ticketing system. Um, he sent me the emails uh, or I, I got the emails and I put those attachments in there as well. I attached the uh, emails that are the information that I got from our investors on the header information in the email and then uh, just waiting to hear back to put any other details in and then i put the timeline as well of when each of these events occurred 
So okay. at the time, time on the email when Howard called, you know, and every step of the way. Are you aware of any other incidents that might have been a precursor to this? Anything that's come into the help desk, you know, somebody had any other kind of a problem, um, you know, any of our assistants where we are keeping that confidential information on our investors, you know, anything else that might lead to this? If not, can you have the team take a look at that? Yeah, we, yeah, we did not see anything that was obvious, but we can search through the ticketing system, look for investor or a couple other key terms to see if anything else can, comes up for sure. Okay. That's a good I idea. Really really appreciate it you know keep me keep me informed i need to to get with jay and let him know what's going on okay thanks i'll, I'll keep you up to date as well as everyone else okay thank you yep. hi jay hey susan um i hope you have a good update for me on this uh, situation with the the email well, I think we're making account numbers being out yeah, there. we're making some progress. Uh, we have reported this to our MSP, and they are looking into it. Um, Grant thinks that they'll probably back, be back to us in a couple hours with some more detail, you know, so that we can get our arms around what's happening. Um, he has done a lot of work directly with Howard. Uh, he's had him change his, his password. Uh, the MSP also recommended he change all of his passwords. Uh, we talked about pulling Howard's laptop off the network, so you know, just in case you know there's something there uh, that we can give him a loaner that he can continue to work on. We're keeping track of everything we're learning uh, in case this does turn into an incident. Uh, we'll definitely want to talk to the bank, um, but you know, I was wondering, have you heard anything directly from the investors? I'm curious to know what their sentiment is right now, too, because we're going to have to do some careful handling with them. Yeah, I mean, I got a, a couple of, of emails. Um, there's some email traffic, and our legal department has been back back and forth on a few things. So um, nothing. I haven't learned anything new. There's not much that much much more that I could tell you. Um, but you know, this as I told Howard earlier, there are only a couple of places you're going to get a, a you know an account number and a routing number, right? So it's got to come from either the investor themselves, the bank, or that somehow someone got into our, our stuff. And because the, the email came and was spoofed by, from Howard, you know, that's, that's what I think is the most concerning. Um, so in the intervening time, uh, you know, I, I dusted off, uh, you know, the, the incident response plan that we did, uh, it seems like a long time ago, but, uh, you know, uh, and, and I, you know, I was reading through it and there's a lot of stuff that, we're going to have to do here. Um, I, I mean, we're legally obligated to do certain things. Uh, we're going to, uh, you know, if, if, if we wind up using our, our cyber insurance, I think there are protocols and steps that we need to take there. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm re reviewing it carefully, and I think that we need, you know, at some point, um, if, if, if we don't get this under control or get it figured out um, soon, I think we would I don't know, or maybe maybe we should do it now. Um, I don't know whether we've crossed that threshold to, to declare this a, a, an official incident, because once we do that, I think we set in motion a whole 
a whole bunch of things. Um, so do you, do you have an opinion on that? You know, at, at this point, I'm not really ready to declare an incident, but I'll pull that plan out too. You know, I think, I don't think I've looked at that for probably about 18 months or so. And I mean, we've made a lot of changes to our infrastructure since then. Um, I should, uh, I should probably take a look at it and see how we might even need to update it. Do you know, um, one other thing we're keeping an eye on, and you might have heard about this too, we have a situation in Building 3 where they're having a real problem with uh, temperature control in that building to the point that I don't believe that the tenants can even occupy it just because of how hot it is outside today. I know that the building engineering team is, is working uh, is working with their BMS vendor to try to find out what's happening, and but they're having trouble getting into the BMS to even control the temperature. Um, we don't know if it's an IT issue. They reported it to us, but you know, I'll let you know how that's going as so well. Is, so, is it mechanical or or is it uh, software related? You know, is it BMS or is it you don't know? We don't know yet. We don't know yet. I know that the BMS vendor is helping us out, but we don't know. I, in fact, I, I asked Grant the same question. Do they think it's a technology issue? And not that they've indicated, yeah, but they just wanted us to be aware. Okay. All right. Well, keep me posted, uh, I guess, on that one, too. Um, I'm way more concerned about this email thing, so please make that a priority. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's all hands on deck for that one. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Jay. I'll let you know. All right. We'll circle up later. All right, just uh, as, as your host, just for our live audience and those who are sort of keeping score, uh, just just as a comment, I've already heard that Grant and the MSP should be fired. Uh, so be careful, I guess, where we're, where we're going. You don't know how this is gonna end up. So um, interesting uh, development. And I think what I wanna point out here is this is where this IT OT section is going to start to parallel with the senior executive session that we're going to pick up next week. So right here at this point, Susan's getting updates. <clears throat> she, she's going to gather all the updates. And then there, the, next week, there'll be a uh, meeting with all the senior executives because it's start, starting to get real now. And people are going to have to decide how they're going to take this. So just uh, if you're keeping score and you tune in next week, uh, this is the spot that we'll pick it up from at the beginning of the senior executive. So let me bring Don back on and see what else is occurring. Thanks, Chuck. All right, thank you. <clears throat> well, it's really getting interesting now. Um, for this session, we're at 7 p.m. Uh, this CIO has called the entire team in, the vendor partners, the MSP, the, the building automation system provider, um, to talk about what has been going on so far. Uh, the meeting actually started a few hours ago. It's still underway. And um, what we're going to do is, is we're going to start with uh, Susan coming on and going through um, each of the folks who are part of this um, situation and get their updates. Uh, and then, you know, at, I may just come on uh, at some time during that conversation if um, I find out any more information that you may not be aware of yet. Go ahead, Susan. 
All right. All right. Uh, you know, I'm uh, going to ask Grant and Jeff uh, to give me an update on all of the tests they performed and everything you know. I mean, we've, we've had a few hours now. I'm really, really hoping you all can give us an idea of what's going on. Yeah. Hi, Susan. Um, <clears throat> I wish I had better information for you, but uh, after going through the logs, um, <clears throat> and originally, Grant, you remember I said I didn't see any forwarding rules for Howard's account anywhere. Well, digging deeper, <clears throat> excuse me, we found there was a forwarding rule during a boxed time event, and it was taken off two days ago. Um, the account that put it on or removed it was a service level account with administrative privileges. I can't tell if it's part of your normal service level accounts or not, but it's definitely one. Uh, I sent it to you on text on your phone so that you can reset that password, delete it, remove it, whatever you need to do. Um, that that may be why he wasn't receiving any messages for a while that were coming from that bank. Uh, yeah. So we think that's the case there. The second around of the data that was taken, we, we've scanned your network. It looks like your, your folders are secure. You've got good permission level security on everything. However, we saw a lot of email traffic between a lot of different people using attachments with those files instead of sending a link. If they used a link, it would have made someone authenticate they didn't have access, they wouldn't have gotten in. So that may be how the names and numbers got out, uh, but there's just hundreds and hundreds of emails with those files as attachments. Um, so I think there's a lot of training opportunity here we're gonna have to do after the fact, but that, those are the big things we found. And the last thing we found that is, uh, as I mentioned, I was gonna look at the DKIM records, and uh, as you probably well know, that DKIM and DMARC are very important in your DNS. That's kind of what helps people, uh, prevents them from, uh, Person impersonating you. So those were not set properly. They didn't have the correct values in your DNS. So we need to take care of those immediately. Um, and I will give you what those need to be set to. I just need your blessing to go do it. But that's, that's what we found out right now. You know, I'm really, I'm just worried about this service account. Grant, I mean, is this one of our regular service accounts? Because I'm just concerned, did somebody get in and give themselves domain admin privileges or something that allowed them to do whatever they wanted to do? You know, it's not a recognizable service account that we use at the corporate environment, but we'd have to check with a lot of our other uh, systems out at the properties to see if it's one that they use. It's it's not one that we use here. Yeah, can you tell when it was created, either Grant or Jeff? Can you tell when, when it was created? Because that might give us an idea, too. It was created four months ago. Um, it wasn't used until the last couple of weeks when they put the time box entry on. And then two days ago, they it was used again to remove that forward off of his account for that, that, that rule that did not allow the that bank email to come in. Oh. Grant, this this does not sound good at all. Um, no, does not. Because I mean, I thought we had programs around this to make sure that you know we were monitoring for any um, service accounts created. Yeah, I'll have to go back and look at our different projects and and what we had going on at the time. So I mean, it, we do have that. It should, it could have been valid. But like I told you in our previous call, sometimes those administrative accounts are left open so they can get remote access, et cetera, you know, from the, uh, from the uh, vendor support. So we'll have to go back and dig into that one specifically. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and you should be segregated from the properties. I thought you were you were segmented away from your corporate network. So that's and it'd be interesting to see if it wasn't yeah. from the property level. They yeah. have their own, they have their own internet connection. They don't have to connect with us for anything, really. Yeah, and I thought we had a NAC in place, you know, so that we could know if anything was plugged into our system. Didn't that didn't that get finished that that project? I thought you told me that was done. From our perspective at corporate, it was done. Yeah, we worked with the local engineer and, and that was completed. Okay, okay. Well, I, you know, I'm gonna um, check in with our friends over in, uh, in the building operations side of things and see what's going on with the BMS. Grant, if you wanna, if you wanna stay on um, so we can hear a little bit more about that since they reported it to you. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask uh, Fred and uh, Brian to hop on. Okay. All right. I will, our team's gonna keep looking, see if we can find that smoking gun. Though, we'll let, I'll keep All right. you. Thanks, Thank Jeff. You, Jeff. Hey, Susan. Hey, uh, this how is are you um, Well, I know you guys have got got your hands full over there, but uh, James and I are gonna tell you a little bit of what we saw. Uh, and it may or may not be related, but I brought in the new machine, and uh, so James, I, I handed it to James and said, go ahead and start unplugging the other one, and James, I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, yeah, um, we were going to swap that machine out, and I noticed there was a, a USB cable that was running from the machine behind a file cabinet. When I looked back there, there was a, there was a USB nick plugged in and it looked like it's plugged into a a hub that's plugged into the same network connection as as our as our email machines our corporate machines so oh, man, I, I didn't set that up that. Who, yeah. has, who has access to that computer so this is it's just like it's been there for quite a while right i mean if you, i don't know if you, you guys remember but i mean we've been the vendor here for the last couple of uh about of a year and prior to us coming on, there was somebody else. We never had a reason to get in and look at the, at the machine. We were we were servicing obviously the HVAC side. So my theory is because I've seen it done before is when the system was originally set up, it was set up air gap from everything. But somebody wanted to be able to see the system inside the inside the corporate network sometimes that'll be because people want overtime air you know the offices will be able to adjust their own air temperatures the problem is you you're also you have this connection between your your hvac network to your corporate network but this hvac network also has a dsl modem attached to it meaning that it has direct connect to the web so the other problems are that the machine that we bring it in, you had a application version that is no longer supported by the manufacturer. So if we put in a newer operating system, there's a really good chance that we're going to have to update the application that was running on there. And you've got controllers. My guys have gone through and spot checked at probably about 20% of them. And they're unable to, when they directly connect to it, to get a prompt to even get into this to the to the uh, devices. So that means that possibly those devices have been quote bricked or made, at least made inoperable 
So you're going to have to be totally reset or replaced. But either way, we're probably looking at several months worth of work. So if what, the two are tied, are I don't know. Huh? What are our options here? Well, Portable that, cooling is, is really, I've, I've called some other manufacturers and vendors in because we really don't have an agreement with, with Fred's company to provide <laughs> portable cooling units. So right now we're, we're exploring opportunities and options of bringing in some some portable chillers and, and some portable air handling units, basically. I mean, until we can get a handle on these controller situations, that's, that's really our only option at this point, or close the building for temporarily. You know, I somebody we're definitely going to have to if you haven't already, we're going to have to have somebody take a look at the leases and determine, you know, what sort of occupancy clauses that we have in there. I mean, we may end up owing these tenants some money or, you know, not be able to, to charge rent for the month. If that's Building three has our most high profile tenants. Of all. Yeah. And we're going to do everything we can to help you guys through this. But I mean. Uh, in a situation like this, even if every, let's just say it's the best case scenario where we could just get the front end back online and we could get the controllers back in line within a few days, we still got to go through a recommissioning of the system because we don't know what's been messed with so far as the sequences of the devices, the sequences being the things that help run your chillers optim optimally and so on and so forth. So. Have you? Uh, what have you done with with the computers that are that are basically unusable at this point? They we can make them available to you, but I mean they've been encrypted. Um, so being able to do any forensics on it is either you pay the people that encrypted it, or you try to reverse engineer an encryption, and that's almost impossible to do. Well, let's go ahead, Grant. Make sure we we get those into our possession because um, I mean it looks like we're going to have to declare an incident um, for both of these things. Is is where I'm going. I think we better get those computers in our possession. You know, if uh, if we involve insurance in this, which is probably going to happen, uh, they're probably going to send some some additional experts in uh, to work with you on this. Uh, because we need to make sure that we are be able to give them all the things we can get to the bottom of this. Uh, yeah. This jumps in from um, from your corporate communications folks that they're starting to see posts on social media from your tenants in Building Three um, that they were uh, sent home and had to shut their businesses down. Some of those me those medical offices as well had to contact um, their patients that. Uh, they, they could no longer occupy the building. It wasn't safe because of the temperature. Um, so now um, we have a situation where this information is starting to get out to the public. This is really, really, I, we're, we're gonna have to declare an incident grant. Um, you know, make sure that uh, Jeff gets everything together. You keep keep collecting all the information in one place uh, so that we are ready. Uh, I'm going to have to to get Jay updated on everything that's going on. Uh, you know, we should probably talk to Howard again, just see if there's anything else that he remembers that he can tell us about anything that's that's happened recently. 
and uh, you know, please, you know, just just keep me up to date. What I'm probably going to do is go ahead and set up a war room at uh, at the headquarters office so that we have a place where you know we can all be and uh, communicate easily, no matter where we are. Okay. Yeah, I'll, uh, I've been keeping up to date on the email one. That was kind of my focus, but I'll I'll get collect all the information and call those guys back to get a little bit more in detail about this uh, AC cooling issue. Just so okay. we have it all. Okay, sounds good because we got to get out ahead, of, especially about this communication issue. You know how damaging social media can be. Most definitely. We'll uh, we actually have somebody in the area, so we'll have them drive by and, and grab those those machines. So we uh, get them off and get them back here. Okay. Thanks, Grant. Hang in there. Thanks. Thank you, Susan and Grant. Um, we are now shifting into um, the part of the program where we're gonna actually bring um, all of the folks who have been participating um, in the incident on the call. Um, they are now shifting from being participants in the incident to observers of what they, uh, their impressions, um, because typically what you would do, and, and again, we there's a lot more that's going to be um, happening on next week's call, so we're just kind of taking uh, our temperature at this point late in the day. It's probably close to eight o'clock in the evening. Um, you've heard what's happened in the last 12 hours. Um, typically what you would do at the end of a tabletop is you would go around and get folks impressions as to how that went. So that's basically the mode we're in right now. And I think we'll just go around the horn to hear from each of you um, how you felt about you know, what you saw, what you heard, um, particular, particularly with your particular role in this incident, um, and maybe some things you think did work well or things that you think could have worked better. Maybe Jay, we'll start with you at the top as CEO. Okay, well, I think, you know, the biggest observation is, is I, I don't know what I don't know, you know, and uh, and it's tempting to react like we're trying to get out ahead of these things, but I also feel, have this feeling like I'm trying to figure out, you know, as stuff is coming at me, you know, what's happening. I also feel very disoriented from the fact that we don't have a lot of these protocols in place and I'm not up to speed, you know, on on you know what how, how these protocols are supposed to to happen uh, in, in in an incident like this so um i feel a bit like a fish out of water fair enough james what about you yeah i mean uh, there's several deficiencies that we kind of covered here through you know lack of incident response lack of any sort of disaster recovery planning to you know for the backups for these systems uh, there's a there's a Pointed, pointed out a lot of knowledge gap, you know, between operational knowledge of the systems that that were tasked to maintain and, and relying a lot on the vendor for for that support. And, uh, you know, uh, some some issues with cyber awareness training that would definitely come into play here after the fact. Grant, you were in the hot seat. Yeah, I can't see it on the camera, but I'm pitting out a little bit. It's, it's definitely definitely was hot <laughs> a lot a lot to focus on and then you know once i got involved because i wouldn't normally you know work at the property level but uh you know bringing those two things together at the same time that 
amped up the uh, amped up the heat for sure. Uh, definitely a lot of concerns. You know, some of the stuff Jeff told me was not aware of this administrative account. You know, we do typically do quarterly audits of all the accounts on the system. That one just never hit the radar. Um, I think some other concerns obviously were what uh, what Fred found with the connected connection at the property. And we don't have a lot of control of what goes on physically at the property. Um, that would be al very alarming as well. I'd want to go on site and check everything out myself at that point. Howard, um, you're, uh, you were uh, obviously quite worried early on. Um, yeah. And you're here, here 12 hours later. How do you feel about what you know now versus what you knew 12 hours ago? Um, really concerned and worried that we probably should have declared an incident earlier because irrespective of what the ultimate find was in terms of what happened, we had, we had sensitive information that we're fiduciary, fiduciary responsibility for that's out in the, that's out in the world. And I think we should have reacted a little, a little more forcefully up front. We have yeah, a question on the legal side that we're going to do that next week, but you know that's going to come into play as well. Yeah, from an IT perspective, it, it's scary to declare an incident sometimes. So I, there's definitely you want to know more. Is it balance? Yeah, you, or you raise you know raise the alarm bells because you have to contact a lot of external people and kind of put it out there. That um, kind of goes back to your incident response plan. It should yeah. inform you as to what triggers mm -hmm. an incident, a formal incident. Um, but it sounded to me in this case like it had to be dusted off. It hadn't been looked in in a while and it really hasn't yet been taken out. And maybe it didn't have this piece of it in there where it would tell you, hmm, we, we do need to declare. Um, Jeff, as the MSP, you're also in the hot seat. I know. I never let your MSP take two hours to get back to you. <laughs> Unacceptable. Um, the MSP should also have asked, hey, is this bad enough you guys are declaring an incident? It kind of helped the process. Your MSP should always be looking out for you. Um, the, the fact that it, it did take them a while to go through the logs, um, it's, it's pretty standard if you're going, if you're, tons of data, tons of transactions, looking for specific things um, and, you know, not knowing what, what tools they were, were going to use. But um, the MSP, I think, has a higher or bigger responsibility to constantly stay in touch with Grant uh, and make sure that you're trying to take care of him. And uh, I think this MSP was just trying to find something real quick and uh, you know, spun some wheels, didn't have things in place. So it may make you think your MSP relationship overall. Fred. To me, I mean, this highlights again, something that I've said for years is, is the uh, vendor you may have bought the system, but you don't own it yet. The mm -hmm. vendor pretty much has ownership of your systems. And the problem is in this case is you had a vendor before and you swapped out vendors. At no point in any of that, was there any kind of agreements to cover things like backups and responses, response times? What was some of the stuff that like uh, one particular case where we know of somebody was supposed, to, a vendor was supposed to have certain equipment on 
the shelf. Well, that's good that you put it in the uh, agreement. But when it came down to the incident actually happened, that's when they found out the vendor wasn't keeping the things on the shelf. But, but the, the, the whole thing boils down to is most of the time on the building system side, everything's reactionary. And there's very little in place to govern what that what that is. And in the situation with the extra wire in there, there's nobody checking. Nobody knows what they have, knows how it's connected, and knows who has access. Okay, thank you. And Susan, um, as the person kind of looking across all of this, um, what's your what's your impression? Well, first of all, I feel really sick at my stomach right now, and I'm trying to keep a brave face because, you know, I've been, I've been told that we, you know, potentially have data leaks. We have, you know, a, a couple of our building computers that have been encrypted. Like, is, is this two incidents? Are they related? Like, I don't feel like I have enough information. I'm also really reflecting, like, there's a lot of things we haven't done very well. And, uh, you know, we're, we're probably going to pay for that uh, in some way, shape or form. And, you know, I think about the fact that we really haven't done uh, anything with our incident response plan since the vendor helped us write it. Um, you know, we probably just stuck it, stuck it in a file somewhere and said, great, you know, we, we should have been doing a tabletop exercise to, to make sure that what was there really made sense. Um, you know, I feel like we had some missteps on some of the ways that we first addressed this. Uh, you know, like we talked about, we're, we're questioning our relationship with our MSP. They just don't, they don't seem to be on top of things. In fact, you know, they should have been noticing some of this strange behavior in our system if, if they were really, you know, a good partner to us. Uh, you know, so that's left us vulnerable. Uh, you know, I'm already, my mind is just racing with all of the people we're going to have to get involved when we declare an incident. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be a big deal. And, uh, you know, what what's this going to mean from a public relations standpoint? you know, from a regulatory standpoint. I mean, all these things are just rushing through my mind while I'm trying to, you know, be calm, cool, and collected. You know, when I'm talking to Jay and I'm talking to Howard and have them think I have everything under control when really I feel like nothing's under control. And specifically, Susan, uh, I, I noticed your response when the building situation was brought up because you, you were trying to get your arms around the incident with Howard and the, the CFO, right? And then you've got a hot situation in a building and you know a BMS vendor and something's not accessible and you're like, well, I, why, why were we called on that? What, I mean, that, that's, that, was, that was a great response. Because well, that's it's typical, right? Difficult one. It's typical. It's like, why are they bothering us with that? <laughs> but this is, this is where, okay, well, wait a minute. What, how do you feel about that? I mean, you're, Wait, but that's an OT thing. That's a, that's that's a building system. What 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 does my team have to do with access to building systems? Exactly. I and mean, what was going through your head when that happened? You know, at, at first, it's like, oh, anything could be wrong. You know, they like, maybe you know maybe um, you know something's wrong with with the wiring there. Or you know they had a power blip that caused an issue. You know why are they why are they asking IT for help? They they have the BMS vendor. Why are why aren't they talking to them? Yeah. 
Okay. Any other comments before we bring uh, Chuck back on? I, he may have some questions of his own. Yeah, I, I mean, watch this from the side. One more thing I'll say, Don, is that like, I, you know, the big crux of this is like to declare an incident or not to declare an incident, right? Um, and you know, as, as an executive, I don't really know like well enough whether to do that, you know. And and I think you know, Susan has some of the same. The same feelings because once you do that you set off a chain of events that you can't and you don't want to cry wolf so you have one side of you saying like you know find out all the information don't cry wolf you know we could we could cause a big problem much to do about nothing um and then the other side of you says wait there's some serious stuff happening here and if you're asking yourself are we responsible for this and as time goes on it seems more and more like we might be you know so like those are the things that are tugging at you and i think like one of the things I'm learning about the IRP here is like having a very clear understanding of what constitutes an incident, you know, would be really helpful right now. Like if I could go into, you know, a document and say an incident has occurred when one of these things has happened or some examples of things that would happen, that would be, you know, very useful. Yeah, like like Howard said at the beginning, that that should have been red flags all over, right? There was valid account numbers in a non-mail not sent by him. We could have instantly done it. And, and it's interesting because, Don, I know you threw the curveball in there about social media and the hot building, but what happens on the other side? It hits social media, and this has happened, um, where, you know, personal information on a high net worth investor gets out, and it does. Um, you know, social media is all over it. It's a, it's a big problem. Yeah, that may come up next week. But um but uh, one of the th one of the things that that hasn't been discussed, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this might or might not get addressed next week. Is nobody's talked about who do we need to inform outside of the company? Do we need to inform the FBI? There was attempted wire fraud. There are there are some governing um, situations here that that come into play. But this might start to play out next week. Chuck, what do you think? I think, uh, well, I'm looking at some comments coming in, and I, I, I don't know, uh, Grant, if Greg Myers is a fan of yours, but you're definitely <laughs> taking some heat from Grant. Um, you know, I'm, uh, play, I'm playing a role, Greg. I'm playing yeah, a role. I, I, I just, yeah, yeah, from, from Greg, I, and I just want to uh, remind everyone it's only a movie, right? This is this is this does not reflect the competency of any of Susan's staff or the managed service provider or the vendors or the CFO. Uh, no one no one made comments, even suspecting that Howard might have done something illegal uh, and and is is attempting to create some kind of diversion or something. So there was none of none of that. So uh, interesting play. I do I, a couple of things I think are are important. We do have some time, so I just want to uh, th throw it out there. We designed this scenario, and I think this is really for those who design their own scenarios. This scenario was designed kind of conveniently to start at 8 a.m. on a weekday, and it, and it transpired throughout the day. Imagine if this had started at 2 a.m or over a holiday when several of these people wouldn't be here, or if it had been uh, something that where there's an international component to it, as many of the people watching this may find. Um, 
th th these scenarios, and I think to Jay's point, uh, it, it, it can be a very interesting if-then statement if you're thinking about it in computer science lingo, that, that there's so many different ways this scenario can get much more complicated, um, whether it's uh, things that you things that are just happening behind the scenes that you don't learn right away, or things that come up quick. I was working with a client once that uh, I, I was talking to their IT director as a consultant, and someone walked in and said, I just got this strange message that says I need to pay money to open up my file. What does all that mean? Uh, you know, th these things can go in a hundred different directions very quickly. And so uh, we came up with a scenario that uh, is, I, get, uh, I, I think, according to everyone on this uh, call, is actually a realistic scenario. It really could happen this way. And, and and you and we I, I encourage you to tune in next week because we'll pick it up as the senior executive team really starts to deal with some of these bigger bigger financial issues and we'll try to see how if and if things are related in some way or they're not or there was a diversion or a, a diversion of resources but just remember that these these scenarios are ones that you'll come up with and I think probably sometimes the bigger challenge is to get your executive team to participate to, to take this seriously so I think Jay I'm, I'm so glad you're able to join us here but I you know even when I was IT director trying to contact our senior executives to say we want to play this role game and they'd look at me and go do you do you know how busy we are what we've got going on do you do you I don't want to talk about IT stuff. I don't even understand the IT stuff. So how how are we supposed to add value to something? It sounds like a big waste of time. And we've had other CIOs that we've had on these webinars, on these sessions, talk about they actually had to say, look, this is really important. And it wasn't until they were able to convince their executive staff and then, then you know what the executive staff did, right? They participated and go, wow, I didn't realize how in, how quickly this could get away from us. So um, I don't know how you want to relate that, Don, to things that you've done with other clients. Yeah, well, um, it, it, I, what I want to point out is um, this clearly was the first time this company had done such an exercise, right? So I want everyone to keep that in mind. That's why it seemed like um, we try to make it that, that people were trying to figure it out for the first time. And, and that just exposed a lot of flaws uh, in, in the process because it had never been rehearsed before. I would say if, if we were to have, you know, a masterclass part two of this company, you know, a year later, right, it would look different. Um, it should look different. Um, and so... And so the point is, I, in, in my experience, this is the way people responded is not unusual. Let's remember, this is not a huge enterprise. This is a pretty mid-sized company with a small IT team, right? Depending on an, on an outside provider. And so, um, you know, different companies are at different stages, but they do have this, you know, RAA group, they, they are, susceptible to, 
you know, public disclosures, SEC, and other things. So um, we really wanted to bring that home that that um, you know companies, you know, like this need to really pay attention and be prepared and know what steps they need to take, right? And, and because because we weren't pulling out a plan that had been tested or that had been well vetted. I think that's the result of what you're seeing here. And again, that is very typical of what we would see in a situation like this where you're doing an exercise for the first time. Yeah, I think uh, I'm glad we did the poll. And I'm glad we had a large sample size in our audience when we did the poll. Um, uh, I, I don't know, Ian, if you, if you just as a reminder for people or maybe somebody who turned in late, the one, did you do an incident response plan? Uh, it, when we when we look at that poll uh, result, if you if you can less than half did that was forty seven percent, right? Yeah, yeah. So 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 people have done a tabletop exercise of um, almost half, but not sure is probably equal to no. So uh, you're 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 at fifty percent. So uh, thanks, Ian. And if you if you know that to be true this is definitely applicable to that group because they've never done it before and you really need to have an exercise in order to flush these things out to say what would you do if and I, i've even talked to some of my clients and i said I, I told them as their it consultant if your first response is to call chuck then that's not a good plan uh, because you, you probably have a lot bigger issues and they're probably things that you need to think through a little bit better. And I think for the ones who did create a tabletop exercise, congratulations, and I'm glad you did. Uh, and hopefully it, it, you, you can dust that off and, and continue to enhance it. And uh, uh, you know, again, I highly encourage you, if you wanna have somebody who can throw some curveballs at you, uh, you know, Don and, and the 5Q team can definitely do that. Uh, and uh, if you need any help with that, uh, we can uh, certainly make for those kind of arrangements. But yeah, definitely good. Um, I, I, okay. Um, Grant, uh, Greg, Greg says everything's all good and uh, he, he still loves you. So, okay. all right. So that's good. Um, I was, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, I just want to say, if there's any other comments, uh, I'm, I'm happy to close it out here. And, and, and I just want to, again, tell the viewing audience, we're going to pick it up where I came in earlier. And now you'll see sort of what happens when the senior executive team is getting together, really thinking about these larger issues when it comes to investors, when it comes to tenants, financial, regulations, legal, corporate communications, social media, which you heard that. Uh, twist got thrown in here, and that was uh, Susan's next little nightmare of well, how are we going to deal with that issue? And hasn't none of it's been dealt with yet, so we've got to pick that up from there. All right, any last comments? All right, then thanks, I would just say I, I just want to again thanks to the all the panelists. Uh, we've we've had so much fun, and, and really for our realcom followers, we enjoy bringing this and all of our class sessions to you and hopefully you'll find them valuable. Uh, and if you join us live, again, thanks for the comments, Greg. <laughs> we love it. Uh, and if, you're, if you're seeing it as a recording, um, be sure and tune in and re register for the next one in the series and see how this all turns out. And you'll see exactly what caused all of it. Uh, and, and we'll see where we take it. So 
hopefully you'll enjoy doing that. Um, so that's uh, a week from today, and that will be on the business perspective. And for those of you who haven't done it yet, and you want to interact with a lot of people that are on this, uh, this session, uh, I advise you to join uh, RealCom, IvyCom. I don't know, uh, Ian, if we have a slide there. That's uh, June 14th and 15th. Uh, there's a golf outing on the 12th there. I know there are still uh, spaces available in the golf outing. The pre-conference event, I've always enjoyed those. There's there's all kinds of great uh, sessions and uh, uh, workshops and uh, base boot camp uh, sessions. So if you like this kind of thing, you, you'll definitely love that. And just tons and tons of tracks uh, and educational sessions as breakout sessions that you'll see at RealCom. But more importantly, it's important to be part of that community. You learn how you get that community in person, you develop relationships and you expand your network connections and get to know not just us, but you, you get to know your vendors well and it just makes for a great experience. So uh, we'll be in Las Vegas, Caesars Palace, June 14th, 15th for sure. That's it for us and uh, and thank you all and be safe and we'll, we'll, we'll finish it out next time. Thank you. <laughs>